0: Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I am going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored, which is such a fun thing to say. Feels good. I like it. If you want to become a sponsor of the podcast or send us a one-time donation, you can do that. Visit perceivedvalue.com and click on the support page to learn how. Another wonderful way you can show your support of the podcast is to become our patron on Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be a monthly supporter. So visit that support page on our website or check out the link in the description of the podcast. Anyways, it's a sponsored episode, and that sponsor is Spistachios. Spistachios is a contemporary jewelry gallery located in Chicago, Illinois, curating the most talented and cutting-edge artists from around the world. For over 25 years, they have made it their promise to bring you the best in innovative design and quality craftsmanship. They believe that what sets art jewelry apart is the studio practice and creative expression behind each piece. They bring you an art experience that is inviting, accessible, and friendly. In 2021, Pistachios made the decision to run as a fully virtual gallery, closing the downtown location until a new space will be found. A two-person team, Jessica and Isabella run all operations at Pistachios, from exhibition curation to website upkeep, to customer relations. They know the attention and care it takes to run a small business. They have two current online exhibitions, Built to Last and Form and Function. Visit their website at pistachiosonline.com to view these exhibitions. Find them on Instagram via their handle, at pistachiosjewelry. And if you see something you just gotta have, send them an email, slide into their DMs if you want them to do some personal shopping for you. Full transparency here. I've known the owner of Pistachio Gallery for years long before she was connected to Pistachios. And so when she reached out to support the podcast, we immediately made a phone date to just catch up. And in the conversation, we of course chatted about our common friends and, you know, the pandemic and how it has affected our personal and professional lives. What I learned is that my friend Jessica Armstrong had navigated the pandemic to the best of her ability with her business. But alas, she had to close her brick and mortar location in downtown Chicago. And to help her get back on track and to reopen a new location, she's currently in the process of trying to get a grant through the COVID Rescue Fund. The more she told me about it, the more I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast. So here we are. But before we get to the interview, I want to share what the COVID Rescue Fund is and how you listeners, yes, you, can show your support for this contemporary jewelry gallery. The COVID Rescue Fund awards grants up to $100,000 based on a monthly vote and the finances of the business that the applicant lost. Grants are awarded monthly. To maximize a business's chance of getting the grant, they need as many people to vote on their behalf as possible. Now, as this podcast is being released, I am very excited to announce that the voting for the month of May is closed and Pistachios is one of the businesses that will be awarded a grant. What they need now is donations because the grant matches the money the small business is able to secure, whether that be through loans or, you guessed it, donations. The minimum amount to give is $5 and you can donate through COVIDRescueFund.org. This is linked in the description of the podcast. And I just wanna take a brief pause and acknowledge that yes, there are many causes to support at this time. And if you can't swing five bucks, it's totally understandable. But if you can, that would mean so much to this contemporary art jewelry gallery. So please welcome today's guest, Jessica Armstrong. I got my I got my conference sisters. Um Mallory, Leslie, Yeah, I think everybody does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah. I've got um Aaron and uh Caitlin. Aaron uh, Turner and Caitlin McDonald and then uh and if if Jen Townsend and Ann Holman there then then they're my next like I get excited to see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your backup, your back Yeah. Uh, well I wish I wish they could be, but they don't get to go to conferences as much because, you know, with the smithery they had uh the gallery oh
0: they're the smithery get away from a
1: gallery yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. they're awesome yeah
0: yeah okay listeners i'm sitting here with jessica armstrong who um if you haven't already picked up we have known each other for a handful of years um and we're talking about that experience or knowing that Within every kind of creative community, right? Glass and ceramics and metals and letterpress. There's always like an annual conference that people kind of gather and get to reconnect, you know? Um, and Jessica and I met in 2010. Was it the 2010 conference?
1: I think it was spring mm. of 2011. It was in it was Seattle. Seattle. Um, it was my first I year had- of grad school, so...
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. And I had been making jewelry yeah. less than six months. And it just happened <laughs> to be <laughs> that the jeweler that was I was working with um, had a free ticket to a conference. And she's like, you should go to this. If you're going to get into jewelry, you'll want to go to this thing. Um, I just remember feeling so uncomfortable and out of place. And we met because one of my friends from home was going to Edinburgh, where you were in grad school. Yeah, Angie. Angie. Andy she's my Sakura. girl, <laughs> she's sculptress. my best friend there. We were, uh yeah. um, trouble. So, <laughs> and she connected me and she's like, I was like, I don't know anybody here. And she's like, I have a friend that's going to be there. You guys should meet up. And I remember we had pizza and Robert Thomas Mullen was there. And I was like, wow, oh, yeah. I made two friends success. Um, <laughs>
1: it was good. I mean, I think, cause I think first conferences, especially snag is so intimidating Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, that first conference was so scary, and you're just like, oh.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, any to experience the- like that, you know, it's like going to your first Munich Jewelry Week, going to your first gas conference, like all those things. Um, you just got to find, like, one or two people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to, to,
0: like, create a little pod and, like, in, in a little safe zone, and then you're good to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, but in reality, I think everybody's a little... I don't know if insecure is the right word, but a little on like nervous at first. And then, yeah, you just kind of ease right in. And even if it takes a day, but to hate all you like undergrads, grad students, the first time, don't be so nervous. Just go up and talk to people. We love it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Everybody loves each other there. Everybody's in the same boat. So, Miss Jessica, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm super pumped. Thank you for having me. Listeners, we recently reconnected because... Jessica, I mean, not reconnected. We've always been connected, but you've been busy the last couple of years. <laughs> you've been I don't distracted. think I've talked to anybody.
1: <laughs> um, there are people here in Chicago that I don't even think I know that I moved back because I just haven't done anything but work.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about that work you've been yeah. doing. Um, and thank you for reaching out and being a sponsor of the podcast. Um, My pleasure. and when I started talking to you mo- more about the sponsorship, you kind of let me in on this opportunity that you were chasing after. Um, and I thought that this interview would be a great opportunity to kind of, you know, help each other out. You reached out to sponsor me and yeah. I could get, you know, I have a platform, might not give it to somebody who needs it. So, um, we're going to about that all that stuff. You've today. been crushing it. Yeah.
1: You're killing it. It makes me so happy, especially from knowing at the very beginning, you know, like you said, you had just been making Mm -hmm. jewelry from six months to where you are now. It's like, I'm so happy for you. Like you've just killed it.
0: (laughs) Thanks. So Jessica, we're, will you describe to everybody what your current job is? What are you doing?
1: Yeah. Um, I, uh, currently own pistachios, uh, jewelry and objects gallery in Chicago. Um, we've, I took over in August, uh, 2010 from the founder. Um, mm-hmm. so I think I've held like just about every single role that the gallery has. I, um, had started as a part-timer, uh, mm-hmm. and then worked my ranks my way up the ranks. Uh, I became manager and, um, then owner. And as owner, I continued to be the manager, uh, the mm-hmm. sales, the cleaning lady, Uh, (laughs) you you name it Um, I did it and um, I still I think in my head had that like part-time mentality yeah Um, and the buyer and the director and the curator so it's been it's been crazy and um, a wild few years (laughs) so (laughs) that's wild Um, I I first found out
0: I first learned about pistachios well I mean I had known about it if you listen, if anybody listened to my previous episode with Santa Patty, also gallery, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, good one. <laughs> I, You know, we touch on the fact that there's not that many galleries that focus on selling contemporary jewelry or art jewelry. You know, there's plenty of fine jewelry galleries, but mm-hmm. to represent the artists that are making work that is contemporary art jewelry, I mean, there's so many ways to describe it. Um, not a lot. So, uh, I think. First found out or experienced pistachios when I went to SOFA, Sculptural Objects, Functional Art in Chicago. Oh, really? Is that when you... Oh, cool. Yeah. And then you asked for a job?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 uh, I did not ask for a job then um, at all. Uh, Yeah, you're in grad school. Yeah. (laughs) What was the
0: name of the previous owner? She was this beautiful woman. I was looking very beautiful very intimidating looking i don't think i ever oh, very her.
1: intimidating yeah but she's mm-hmm. as intimidating as she is uh she is a teddy bear uh, oh, i think yeah. deep down i mean nice. like she's very serious and, and i remember as a part-timer uh the first time i made her laugh and i felt very accomplished oh like, yeah you like i was like i was like yes i made you on laugh i'm awesome <laughs> <laughs> Because and it was
0: not easy <laughs> yeah and how long so she started pistachios
1: yes yeah so she's a founder um she how started long did she I don't, have it i'm not sure the year I, I cannot remember the year off the top of my head and that's something i know i should i should just you should know that no don't whatever who cares like 20 yeah. years 10 uh, years how old is that oh place? no <laughs> that uh pistachios now uh we were in the downtown location the 55 East Grand for 24 years. Uh, and oh, then wow. she had a couple previous locations. I think it's about 28 years old now. Okay. So yeah, it's established. It's a, yeah. That's a well-aged it's not, it's, wine. Oh yeah. It's been around. We have um, clientele that still come in, call and be like, I've been shopping with you since you all were on Delaware. <laughs> like, i never got <laughs> to see the Delaware store. I don't know what part of it, like, you know what part it was in. I mean, I know where Delaware is compared to Grand. Yeah. but like in what Chicago. storefront it held yeah so downtown Chicago mm-hmm. yeah so hmm. and it's so
0: funny because I saw you at a conference guys true to form saw her at another conference in <laughs> Chicago um and I just remember you being like oh I owns pistachios now and I was, like, I was like what are you talking about no you don't this like beautiful tall woman does and um <laughs> It's, I was just like, oh, okay. And immediately I was like, wow, you must have grown up overnight because it's just kind of like this like huge thing to take on. And I was immediately just like, oh, my God, my friend Jessica like owns this like significant gallery in Chicago. Holy crap. Um, I guess, yeah, growing up overnight is definitely one way of putting it. <laughs> it's one way to describe it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely okay, a good so- way to... Let's give listeners insight. I mean, I love the fact that you started out as a part-timer there and kind of worked your way Mm -hmm. up and um, somehow now own it. Um, Let's talk about how you even came to be working at a jewelry store. Um, Where are you from? Oh, I know where you're from, but you tell everybody where you're
1: from. (laughs) Well, I'm from Kentucky. Um, I'm (laughs) sure the accent (laughs) will come in and out um, throughout this conversation. Uh, I have not lived in Kentucky for quite some while I did for a small stint, but um I you know it's it's not as thick as it used to be, I'd say. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm I do remember
0: when I first met you, I feel like there was like an facebook photo or something facebook was a much bigger deal back in 2010 y'all um and there was just like this amazing photo of you like on a tractor and i was like oh i was getting ready to say i bet it was the
1: picture on a tractor Yeah, it was (laughs) was the picture on a tractor Mm -hmm. yeah i never went to to fairs and um that one uh, we went to i don't even know where it was and so it was very beautiful people watching and kentucky's a, a great place um, yeah. If you haven't been there There's reasons to go Reasons not to go um, yeah. Are you yeah, Was it Louisville specific? Um, Louisville? I was No um, My fiance is um, I'm okay. from around the Lexington area So I am from a, a teeny tiny town Called Midway, Kentucky It's midway okay. between Frankfurt and Lexington And okay. we had one stoplight That wasn't even necessary Got it Yep. Yeah. Right.
0: I've been to Lexington and I've been to Louisville. Yeah. So,
1: but that was all right. after you left, a, yeah. so I was like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I still would have told you what to do. I, I lived in Lexington while I was <laughs> doing undergrad. So I wasn't. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Oh, where'd you go to? Le- okay. Cause I do remember that about Lexington. It, there was some kind of college and I remember their color was blue. It seems uh, UK is, is the
1: university. Yeah. University of Kentucky. That is not where I went though. I went to oh, okay. Eastern Kentucky university, which was, uh, from Lexington depending on traffic, uh, 40 ish minutes. And they had okay. a jewelry and metalsmithing program. So there were oh, only nice. two schools in the state that had a, a jewelry and smithing program. How'd you end up in jewelry and metals? Um, so I went down to Savannah. I tried the whole like school thing right outside of undergrad Uh, And it just it just wasn't for me. Uh, I I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. And I thought I did Then I changed my mind. And so I just kind of quit school. And I needed to live uh, by a beach. And because I had nothing tying me down, I moved to Savannah, Georgia. Savannah was a good time. Yeah, because I thought, oh, I'll go to SCAD. But um, SCAD Mm. is not inexpensive. And I didn't see any reason to pay general uh, gen ed classes you know, those prices for gen ed classes. Savannah
0: Um, College of Art and Design, everyone, if you don't know what
1: that is. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So um, I wear black every day, uh, every (laughs) single day. So um, I went to a bead store and probably spent an ungodly amount of money to buy some beads and tool making Mm -hmm. stuff to add a little color to my black wardrobe. Yeah. Um, that probably lasted just a little while before I went back to just silver jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I started making like beaded stuff and then I knew that I wanted to get a degree and that you could get a degree in jewelry and metalsmithing sounded pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I went back to Kentucky from Savannah because, um, uh, they had the jewelry and metal smithing program at Eastern. Oh, okay. And so nice. then that way I could you know, get my education done, but in in-state tuition. Uh, right. Were I, you, you know,
0: responsible for your own education costs?
1: Uh, my undergrad, um, I was very fortunate that education was very, very big to my grandmother. So mm-hmm. she had said to all of uh, five of us grandkids, um, if you go to, you know, school, I'll, I'll pay for it. Um, oh, wow. so she, she paid for my undergrad education. So I was extremely fortunate to walk out of there without loans, without anything. Um, cause I think yeah. three of us out of the five went to school. Um, dang. And
0: yeah, it was super loud. Shout lovely. out to grandma. That's a great, yeah. um, yeah. did you have to have a job or anything then? Like, how did you have your cost of living covered?
1: Uh, I didn't have to. So, um, I didn't have to have a job. No. Um, they really wanted me to focus on Mm. education that that Mm -hmm. be the reason I'm, you know, I I go home at night. They wanted to see my grades good. They wanted to know that, you know, I'm focused. Um, I think in my third year, so I had three and four years, I did get out in five. It's just that I had put two semesters under my belt when I was 18 Mm -hmm. and 19 um, yeah. so that counted as my fifth year. So if anybody thinks, wow, she got out in f- four years, that's not the case. <laughs> it was still yeah, five. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think you, if you can finish with an art degree in four years, good for you, but, um, I was not <laughs> able to, um, and I did summer classes. Yeah. So my third year, I started working at the art gallery on campus. Um, mm-hmm. so I worked for, it was called the Giles or Giles gallery. I forget. Yeah. That's a fun uh, job. Eastern, yeah, I mean, you sit at the front desk and watch people come yeah. in and, you know, they hi, and just shoot the breeze with them. Same. And then in my last year, I got to um, actually work in the metal studio and the gallery. So it was a oh, little, cool. little extra income. Yeah, so I got to be the, yeah, the like like monitor. And, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so you graduate with metal smithing degree, jewelry, metals.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that what you yeah. call that degree? So yep. Eastern okay. called it a jewelry and metalsmithing, but where I went to grad school, Edinburgh University, they called it metalsmithing and jewelry.
0: You know what? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: So I just say jewelry and metalsmithing. It's so much easier on an application or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, like turn stuff yeah. into your bias.
0: <laughs> um, so you graduate. Congratulations. And
1: what did you do right after you graduated? Uh, so I realized, so when I went into undergrad, it, I, I just went in with this attitude of, I just want to make jewelry. Like I didn't understand the art aspect. Don't we all. I just wanted to all. make jewelry. <laughs> and, and I remember, and I, I love my undergrad professor. Um, she's one of my great friends now. We turned into such good friends. Uh, Who is Felicia it? Zorad. Felicia Zorad. Hmm. So she's uh, at Eastern Can- She's great. She uh, masters at like ECU, great enamelist. Um, I okay. love her family you know, all around, Mm. all around good people. Um, So I had really, really bad craftsmanship in undergrad. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, solder pits because I I don't know. It just didn't come to me. The art aspect didn't come to me. Everything needed to be wearable. And then in the last like year and a half, it like clicked like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is what art jewelry is, you know? Um, Yeah. And I wasn't finished. So I knew that I needed to, go on. So I went on to grad school because I told myself I just want to graduate undergrad or grad school by the time I'm 30. If I can just finish when I'm 30. Yeah. Because I started later. How know, old were you? When, to... Oh, how old were you? I was 27. in undergrad. 27. Yeah. So I think you I went what? back when I was like 23-ish.
0: I like, I mean, I think I talk about this, but you know, education's not linear for a lot of people. And I think we don't give enough credit to those who are willing to acknowledge that and take that space when they need it. Right. Like good for you for knowing that you didn't really have much direction. You, you went right after high school, like your society tells us we have to, and then you took some time. I hated it. I didn't want to. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's far more productive (laughs) to take a break, you know, and it doesn't mean you're never not going to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think I found what I wanted to do. So, yeah. So, um, I knew that I wanted to go on to grad school so I could actually figure out this, this field and and what's, Mm -hmm. what it's all about, what I just got my degree in. Uh, So I went on to grad school to Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania. uh, I went there, I, you know, I had applied to several schools and I got into, to a lot of them. I think there were a couple that I might not have. Um, I went to Edinburgh because it was a really small town Um, Mm -hmm. it reminded me of home and there was absolutely nothing to do there, um, except school. So I knew I, that if I went to a city that I didn't trust myself Mm -hmm. enough to not want to go explore and have fun. Um, and really it came down to a gut feeling. Like I went and visited schools, but there was something when I got to Edinburgh that just, that was it, you know, like I, I, it felt like home, it felt really good. And I just went really based off gut feeling it also i when i looked for grad schools i looked for schools that had some kind of um support um so i had a tuition like a 90 percent tuition waiver um oh so okay yeah That's cause nice. a couple others yeah when i a couple other schools that i got into i said to them you know like hey i've i've been offered a tuition waiver from from edinburgh and i remember one point blank said well then have fun <laughs> Because like, they couldn't give me anything. Okay. And um, wait a and I minute. Was like, Why
0: well, are you calling it a tuition waiver versus a scholarship? Is that a different thing?
1: Yeah, because the tuition waiver is is <laughs> sorry. Is, is, my my tuition's gone. Like I, they, it's not charged, right? And a scholarship right, is money handed to me that I'm handing back to the school. So I did get scholarships oh, okay. while I was there. But so then they either and I can't remember because. Sh- what time it's 2021 it's been what year did i graduate <laughs> it's been a while yeah it's been a while at
0: least i think 10 years now yeah that's 11. interesting because tuition waiver must be something because they still have costs it's like you being there doesn't take away from the fact that they need to pay instructors and things but i wonder how yeah, that well works i still had a s-
1: that i'm not sure uh I, and I got a tuition waiver and was guaranteed. God, I can't even remember if it was nine or eighteen hours worth of work a week oh, or okay. every two weeks. Oh, that's nice. And yeah, like, but so you I had to, work,
0: but you get paid.
1: Yeah, so I got I got a stipend on top of it. I don't know if they called it a okay. stipend again because it's been so long. And I act like I'm like I act like I'm like sixty over here. Like she's not that old, y'all. I, gra- I graduated in 2010 so, or 2013. Yeah, 2013. I can't even keep track of time, uh-huh. guys. It's COVID and and uh, pandemic time has got me all out of it. <laughs> it's fair. Um, it's fair. It's fine. But yeah, we'll fact check um, later. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, so we got I got stipend, I got tuition waiver, and then. I, I, you know, I applied for different scholarships on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. So those scholarships would then feed into that like 10, 10 ish percent that I had to pay to the yeah. school. And then I took out, um, I took out uh, student loans
0: to live on top of it. So that. do you, when you finished school, do you remember how much in loans you owed?
1: I think I owed like, because I was not the smartest person on this mm-hmm. tuition waiver. Cause I had never had student yeah. loans. So the first semester they gave me a very small amount. And then I realized you could apply for more.
0: Oh, Ooh, it's like you free could money, more money, but it's not.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm going to take out the max amount, which was just, did I need to use that to, to go out? And probably not like, but I, I yeah. bought my supplies. Uh, Edinburgh was a mm. college town. So rent wasn't necessarily the cheapest. It's not obviously like city living but um yeah to me at the time it was it was a decent amount of money um so i think i owed like 40 ish okay. thousand which you know mm-hmm. was just on like living um and <laughs> i mean yeah yeah that makes sense
0: and i'm the, not like, judging you percent. over here
1: I would have probably done the same thing, but I, and that's with like interest. you know. Like by the time I finally got it paid, like interest kicked in and stuff. So, oh, are have you paid off your student loans? I have, yeah. So, well, oh, I've got loans, yeah, loan that I like because I wanted, I wanted the, um, I didn't want the interest to accumulate.
0: Yeah, that's smart.
1: So we just kind of took the money out of um, any funds that I had been maybe like given as a, as a kid, like that was supposed to be growth, maybe like retirement. They probably thought I just <laughs> took and anything just out and, and, just kind of threw it that way. Um, yeah. cause, cause I didn't want interest to just keep going. Cause you know, it's, yeah, it, awesome gets, you. Joke and, oh, it yeah. gets you. Oh,
0: it gets you. So, how long is were you at Edinburgh? Uh, two years, three years? What what kind of program? Three years.
1: Yeah, okay. I chose a three year program because again, I knew that I really needed all that time to to hone in on on all yeah. what I needed to learn. Because I still don't think I was there. I don't think that I was necessarily there until maybe like end of my second year, where I felt yeah, confident again. Because I think going into grad school out of out of my school from Kentucky, I felt very confident. Um, mm-hmm. But then going in, Edinburgh is an amazing program. The undergrads were doing amazing work. There's a lot and of rock stars
0: in, that have come out of there. Oh,
1: it was intimidating, yeah. like, going into Edinburgh, you know, because here I was Cappy? coming. Cappy Cunard and Sue Amindalora, just beasts. <gasps> um, Sue is so great. Oh, oh, man. Both of them. Like, we joked that they were mom and dad, you know, like... Like yeah. you've got one that's like a little harder and then Sue who's really soft, but Cappy, you know, will tell you like it is and, and I love a person that will come in and tell me this is not good. Oh, like God, I love, I love that. a person like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and Cappy was pregnant my first semester and um she came back my second semester and we flip flopped people mm-hmm. and, and I loved Sue. Like I'm like, Oh Sue, she's amazing, like you know, she's so sweet, so nice, like and nurturing. And her work is God, it's so good. Like both of them, they're, they're just really, they are rock stars in themselves. And Cappy came in and I don't, I don't think I did very good my first semester. Maybe because I was so intimidated and Cappy came in and we had our first meeting and she goes, you have not done enough.
0: <laughs> and in, in that
1: moment i go oh i like her like i just yeah. do, i like this like thank you like as i'm a tough love person like yeah way to lean into tell that me i'm not good enough I, enough. <laughs> i'll I, show um, you
0: <laughs> i don't teach much well i teach a lot but i don't t- actually teach like metal smithing a lot um because mm-hmm. i found that like i love teaching professional development but when it comes to teaching like a room full of people watching me solder a bezel I just hate it hate the experience um and I when I was a resident Aramont they have you teach workshops and I'll never forget the day I get my roster for this like stone setting workshop I'm doing and Sue's name was on it and I was (laughs) like come again like, oh, wait a minute. And I was so intimidating. And I was just like, why is she in my class? Why is she doing this? She's on the board and, you know, board members yeah. take classes here and there. And I, I, you know, she walks in and I was like, Sue, so nice to see you. Why are you here? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, even- you should be teaching me.
1: Uh, well, because every, you know, I, I say that if you think that you're done learning, then you're a fool Mm -hmm. right like so everybody should continue to educate themselves and educators still might have something that they want to hone like or you know rediscover reteach themselves or find a new way of thinking about things because i find that every time i take a workshop from somebody different everybody's going to solder a little bit differently so you're going to learn different things from every everybody different files person.
0: differently. Everybody's, yeah. And you know, that class yeah. is very memorable too. I was actually very happy she was in there Um, because the torch started on fire. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> there, and it's that moment where like the flame comes out of the torch and you're like, I don't think there's a flashback resistor on this. Oh my God. Like this is going to go up the tube and the tank is going to explode. And I just remember having it like grabbing the torch from the student putting in my hand and it's on fire and me like looking at a student and was like fire extinguisher (laughs) and her extinguishing this on fire torch in my hand. And Sue was there and she kind of talked me off the ledge because I was like so shook by it, but she's like, yeah, you handled that really well. And I was like, thank you, Sue. Um, That was our experience. We got off track. Yeah. But anyways, you know what <laughs> I do love <laughs> I love talking to people and asking them about their, I mean, they're their professors, but they're their mentors. Like these people yeah. imprint on you not to have oh, yeah. a Twilight reference um i but... have not watched the twilights you're sorry that that's from oh okay twilight? well you obviously have not lived in the pacific northwest people um, i no, love the twilight i tried to watch movies. like the f- i can't i can't no shame no shame. <laughs> no shame i watch them manually no shame read the books too okay we're we're floating <laughs> again away from the topic but <laughs> the thing is is like i love watching people interviewing people and seeing them just like come alive when you ask about their professors and then getting that moment where they get, they like get to gush about them because everybody has that, like, or most people oh, do. Yeah. It's unfortunate people don't get that relationship, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah I think Sue I've been Cappy. Yeah. And then and again, I've mentioned Felicia too. So I feel like in terms of undergrad and grad, I, I don't think I could have gotten better, um, mentors, uh, teachers, friends, mm-hmm out of it yeah. you know like when we get to see each other at conferences or the occasional maybe once a year phone call because we're all so busy um yeah yeah I'm, I'm super fortunate and I, I love all three of them I, I I think that I've been fortunate even for the workshops I've taken and um oh yeah love the, to like the... really like
0: click with your yeah. instructors yeah yeah I've had oh, some yeah. really
1: great workshops
0: yeah I mean Raisa oh my god I just remembered Raisa bump texted me like three days ago and I need to text her back. I hope she listens to this. I'm so sorry. But that's the thing with her It's like, I took a two week class with her at Penland and we had in like, we just bonded so hard. Oh my God. I love you, Raisa. I will text you back. Um, (laughs) but I know what you're saying. Yeah. There's like so many of those people. Yeah. It's a good thing. Okay. So you
1: finish. Cappy pushes you. Mm -hmm. What do you do after grad school? Um, so I, my last year of grad school, I think I applied to every residency and every teaching position I possibly could. Um, and those are really hard to get. Mm, I remember <laughs> this. You didn't um, get the application. Much. No. And, and, um, yeah. I had a friend, um, that I went to grad school with. He was a sculpture major, um, with Angie um, yeah. and he had gone to Millersville University of Pennsylvania, which is uh, right outside of Lancaster. And he said, you know, mm-hmm. they have this residency program that hasn't been, um, hasn't been tapped into for a while. You should, uh, you should apply for it. Um, so I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Because it was a very, it was unpaid. It was, it was two yeah. semesters. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go. So I contacted Becky McDonough. Um, and said, hey, I would really love to come for this residency, applied for it, um, got it. I don't know if there were other applicants or if it was just by default. I'll take it regardless. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you got it, girl. Yeah. It's yours. Yeah. So I, I moved huh. to Lancaster, Lancaster Pennsylvania. Um, Been there. And yeah, it's good food, um, cute little town. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... I moved in with my friend, Jason, my friend, Caitlin and Jason's uh, girlfriend at the time, Ashley, uh, who now actually teaches in Philadelphia more college, I think. Um, and we lived in a really nice row house. And so I did that, uh, for the first two semesters, right out of grad school. So right out of grad school, I went to Aramont for a a month to do, um, an assistantship, Mm -hmm. um, which was really fun. I probably had way too much fun i was doing it, i but. feel
0: like we overlap somewhere here though because i remember i was already at penland or something but i remember connecting with you and you having like you talking to me about this where you're like i've gotten a lot of rejections
1: yeah like, it happens that it, and yeah just, like, that was i yeah it was the summer out so i had gone mm-hmm. to aeromon or so i had gone to the beach with my family um, yeah. in North Carolina. And then, so I came and stayed a night with you in Pinland on my way to That's Aramont. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I let and you so I me. came and yeah, it was a very, very fun night. The only night I've ever spent at Pinland. So sadly, um, yeah, there was a party still that night. to this day. Yeah, it was fun. And we went late in a field yeah. with fireflies. It was super fun. A great time. Oh my gosh. You, yeah, we, I did. <laughs> I did show you a good time that night.
0: I'm going yeah, to toot my own horn. It was, um, it was a good one, <laughs> but I don't think, you know, I think a, a common theme that people love to talk about is like rejections are important and they are important, yeah. but I just remember having like a really great conversation with you. Cause I was like, Jessica, you're so damn talented. You've worked so hard. Just sometimes it just like, doesn't work out. And like, I think that's really, I love that. No. It didn't
1: like stop your momentum. You just kept no. going. And, and, you know, I, I think that I've really over the years been able to handle rejection a little bit, you know, at the very yeah. beginning, the sting of a rejection is so hard, oh, yeah, um, I don't feel good. and you know, whether it be a show, whether it be a job, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that finally, you know, I've been able to learn and that maybe that wasn't it, whether it, it be the mm-hmm. show, I look at, I look at the work that goes into that show and I go, you know what, my work didn't fit with that after all. So I see yeah. why I didn't get in uh, the job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know that process as well. You know, and that person that got the job probably better for it. Um, I yeah. didn't get the residency. Maybe that group of people in that residency maybe meshed better together at that oh, time. Oh,
0: well, yeah, because it's a group dynamic thing. That's always important to remember. It's not about yeah, you. It's about and, what, how the group will fit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I know that in, in, maybe in that group setting at the time, I was maybe a bit much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what we're talking about. Um. So, okay, so you go to Millersville. How do you get to Chicago? Because I remember, yeah,
1: seeing so, you in Chicago
0: well, a few times.
1: Yeah. So when um I was at Millersville, I I played the whole let's apply to everything all over again game. Uh, oh, yeah, I applied to all game. the teaching, all the residencies, <laughs> all the assistantships, all the you know. Because I think that you go into grad school thinking, "Okay, I'm going to grad school. I'm going to be a teacher." Oh yeah, I don't think that if you are one of the, I'm going to do some air quotes now because I love Michelle. She's air quoting. Oh, thank you, thank you for thinking of
0: the listeners. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: um, I'm going to be a teacher. Like this, this is it. Like I'm going to get to be a teacher. Like only a handful of these people get into that teaching field, and then they just keep getting the jobs and and good for those that are. So if if anybody that has that teaching job and has gone from job to job, I I commend you. Good for you. You know, but every school is very lucky to have you because you obviously know what you're doing. Um, uh, and I think I'm, I'm good at teaching, but I know that there are people that are better out there.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like I'm not, I don't raise, you know, I don't chase. You know uh, I don't know CAD programs so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not you know and I think that I've come to that conclusion um but so yeah anyway off topic um I did the whole applying game and I applied to Lil Street um Lil Street mm. Art Center here in Chicago um and I got the interview which was just super exciting so Pam Robinson hey Pam um, hey, again, another mentor. I've been again fortunate. Like she was awesome. She she we Facetimed uh, and we did the interview process, and I got it. Um, yeah. So I moved to Chicago after after moving or you know after Millersville uh, doing to do another residency. Yeah. And, and what is the little Chicago.
0: street? I um I visited you while you were there. I was like on yes. a road trip with my then-boyfriend, and yeah. uh, I remember meeting up with you there, and you were so great. You showed me everything about it. It was really cool to see. Give us the stats on that, because that's still a residency. I've had other guests yeah. on um, Aurelie,
1: Aurelie mm-hmm. Guillaume. Yeah, I think Ugh. she got it maybe like two years after, Yeah. Year two Does it, it pay me? well? Because you're in Chicago. It's got to pay something. Ooh, decent? I what mean, give you? okay. I can't, again, I can't remember what the stipend was. It was definitely not enough to 100% live just off that stipend. Right. Um, So while I was there, uh, and you have to monitor and do all that. So while I did that particular residency, I also taught classes. So you could teach up to, Mm. I think, five classes. But the kicker is you have to be running classes that people want to take. You have to be in there talking to people and being on the ground level for people to want to take the class with you. You got to work it. Yeah. Um, so during monitor time, you've got to be, you've got to be monitor and friend and, and teacher, you know, like, so when I would monitor and I didn't do studio time until about 9. PM until the middle of the night,
0: because if I was
1: in on a, on a open studio time, I'm too chatty. (laughs) I'm I'm not a person that can just like get work done and sit over in the corner quietly. Um, Um, and my desk was out in the open. Um, so I, I, I definitely, I, um, taught and that, you know, that was making it, it was Mm -hmm. bare bones living, um, that right there. Um, so. How long were you at little street? Um, so I moved there. I think it was September, two thousand. 14 um and my residency ended at the end of august uh 2015 but i stayed in um stayed there teaching um teaching classes mm-hmm. uh and then uh found my side hustles where you know to make the extra money so i think at one point is I this is where you start jobs. working for pistachio uh, while i was yeah mm-hmm. while i was teaching i did um, oh, okay. So, so that's when you get that, yeah, site, that part-time's gallery. Position. Yeah, I worked for a, a couple different artists, whether it was making little bits and parts for them or mm-hmm. packaging their work and, and finalizing, you know, putting the ear hooks and shipping yeah. it out for them. Um, and uh, I, I did work at the. I wouldn't say that I was like employed by the gallery at Little Street, um, but i, I like mm-hmm. would go and rearrange the cases so little street yeah. was where I had my first like curated show
0: and you were in oh it. cool yeah oh my god I forgot about that I don't even know if that's yeah. on my resume <laughs> to, like remember that one and put that
1: back on there. I don't. I know. I was trying to be like, what was the name of that show? I can't. Yeah. You know, oh, what was the name of that show? It's like Encompass or something, oh, something like that. Was it
0: Encompass? I think it might be Encompass. Is that what it was this called? Sounds
1: familiar. <laughs> something like that. But um, I you huh. know I'm horrible because I haven't had to update or a resume in years. So I I yeah. don't even know where. Or what half these things are.
0: You think you're going to remember, and then you don't. People stay on top of it. Stay Stay on top of it.
1: (laughs) I wish I had.
0: Yeah. So okay. So we're in Chicago. We're hustling. We have all these jobs. We finished the residency. Yeah. Wait. Are you working for Pistachio at this time, or no?
1: No, 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 no. I didn't Mm. start working. I was the residency was was well and done. um, When I started working for them. Yeah. So, oh, okay. and I'm going to go back to how did I? We we barely touched on it, and I'm going to tell my funny story that I, at oh. least I think oh, okay. it's funny. Tell your funny story. Um, well, I don't know if funny is the right word or weird. I don't know. <laughs> um, So I did Depressing. come into contact with it's a little bit just pistachios. My first year of grad school, we went to Sofa, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I've seen like all the art, jewelry, and everything. I've um, mentioned
0: Sofa on the podcast before, but guys, but oh, it's yeah. like um, it's like. Not like bottom. Sculpture I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. like a huge it's in a convention center and it's like galleries have booths and it's mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, right? it's it's like a craft show except just galleries. It's you know? like um handwork in Germany. It's like design, collective design in New York City. It's yeah, those kind of things.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so I came across the, uh the booth. It was it's called the Sculpture Objects and Functional Art Fair. And in case anybody's like, what does sofa mean? Um, and I come across pistachios and I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. Look at all this amazing work. And they've mm-hmm. got it out on the counter and they're encouraging people to touch it. And this, I remember this couple, they're, they're looking at it seriously. And I walk up and I said, oh, can I touch it? <laughs> I was like, oh. And they said to me, and <laughs> this is my very much a pretty woman moment. Uh, no, you're a student. Yeah. And um, I was offended, very, Wait very offended. Was
0: the the person that said this to you? Were they working the booth, yes. or were they shopping the booth?
1: No, they were working the booth. Oh no, they didn't. yeah. yeah so I was offended, that was rude. and um, and I, I was, I was, I was just, I thought that that was so wrong because how dare you? You don't know who I am. You don't know what I might become. Um, yeah. and even though my work wasn't there, uh, I was, I think I was confident enough that I said, they're going to want me one day and I'm going to say no to them and it's going <laughs> to feel good. And I'm going to boycott this place forever. Fast forward. I'm in Chicago and I need work. <laughs> I need a job. I need a job. And, um, I had already been back to pistachios a couple times, um, because I mean, you have to. It's it's art jewelry yeah. place. Like there's the not city, many so. art
0: jewelry galleries in the world. People.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and the work there is phenomenal. So, uh, the job comes up. Uh, sorry, I've got. I don't know how to turn that off. If my phone's kicking in, um, making noises. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Cool. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Sorry. Uh, okay. And and uh, I applied, and. I applied, I guess, a day or two too late and, and the, the job was already filled. So the next time it came up, um, that I was informed like, Hey, you know, it's open. So I, I got the application in like that day, um, yeah. had my interviews, got the job as a part-timer. Nice. Um, yeah. And so it was two, three days a week. I got really and just really like good in it. the gallery,
0: just selling work, like just being present and helping yeah. people shop.
1: I was yeah I was sales. Um, I uh, did a lot of dusting. Uh, I got really good at cleaning jewelry. Uh- <laughs> nice, all good skills.
0: Um, and the location is like it's been. It was pretty prime,
1: right? It was oh, right yeah. downtown. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was downtown um, in River North, um, which is yeah. Every little, Chicago has like neighborhood like pockets and everything. So everywhere's yeah. got like a little name. You could go over five steps and you're now in the loop. You go five steps, you're in Gold Coat, you know, like
0: Oh, same thing about like um well, Philly yeah. here and definitely Seattle. Good lord. Way too many yeah out, like so we everybody. were
1: we were on an underpass of right under Michigan Avenue. Uh if anybody's been to Chicago, mm-hmm. you know that it's just if you use your GPS you're gonna get discombobulated. Um so yeah. we were right on an underpass. Uh so we weren't like right okay. off of, but enough that you could turn a left a left and we were right there off of mm-hmm. Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Prime. I mean, some pretty insane real estate. Honestly. Yeah. To be like in yes. that area, because it's like the area yeah. as um a Midwesterner that uh goes to Chicago. That's like the city you go to to hang out. Um oh, yeah. That area is like where you walk and you shop. What's that Italian place? That's like four levels of like Italian food and shopping and whatever.
1: Oh, Italy. Uh, so we were my... right. Yeah, we were right across the street from mm-hmm. Italy. Yeah. Yeah. So pre pandemic people would be like, family. We saw you from eating there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because my family is in the suburbs of Chicago. So I spend Christmas there. And so oh, you nice. know, we'll do the thing where we're like going to the city and yeah, you know, it's like chaos. Like every nephew, niece and cousin wants to do all these other things. We just go to Italy and like I oh mean I was like, Oh, pistachios is right there. Yeah, um yeah. but that's great. Yeah, you're in the heart of the city where like tourists walk around and shop and eat and do stuff. Oh yeah. Great foot traffic. Good for
1: you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah. had pretty good foot, foot traffic. You know, you get the conferences, you've got the conferences of people that have been coming for years. Um, mm-hmm. and you go like, Oh, that conference is this weekend. Like make sure you have the work that they like. Um,
0: Oh, cause they had to come in and buy something for somebody. Cause you would usually, themselves.
1: well, no, they, there was one conference that they flocks of them come and you know what they like. So, you know. When June hits, you've got to make sure you're stocked with a certain kind of work. And we turn the gallery oh. around just for them, knowing, Funny. like, okay, they're coming, because um, they have, like, a I don't know if it's a ball or a gala or something, and they all want to, like, yeah. kind of show amazing. it off. Because yeah. it's a design, design show, too, so then they're, like, decked out. And they all are like, where'd you get that pistachios? Oh, we're going to go there. Okay.
0: Okay. So we got to get back on track here. So you're working (laughs) part-time. How does somebody go from part-time three-day sales in Chicago to owning the gallery?
1: Walk me through this. Yeah. So I actually, from (laughs) part-time, I I moved back to Kentucky uh, to go, uh, I got uh, a message from uh, Meg, Megan Carroll, which owned Meg C gallery in, in Lexington, Kentucky. And oh, I she remember was like, that place. Hey, yeah. She's like, Hey, I know that this is a long shot, but would you want to move back here and work for me? Like I'm, I'm upgrading my space. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, that's not, it's really not enough pay for me to want to move back. And so she upped it a, a couple bucks. Um, and I think I was just ready, you know? So I went back to Kentucky for a minute, Work and, mm-hmm. and as soon as I get there, like she just made me manager. I don't know if it was again by default, I'll take it, that's fine. Um, because <laughs> there Whatever. was me and one other person, but you know, I was fit for the managing, job. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll add that to the resume. Um, and Jan had contacted me in that time and was like, Hey, I want you to come back. Like, because I, I told her the only way I'd ever come back is if there's a full time position. I'm not oh, going to come right. back for part time. I don't want to have five jobs. I don't want to yeah. have to live off of a calendar. It, it was, again, Chicago's a hustle, and, and if you if you can't hustle, it's it's not going to work. And I mean, so, every you know, city's I, a hustle. I, I
0: get it. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah.
1: And so I hustled, and and uh, so I went back, and she she called me, and I had just curated an ex my an exhibition at Meg's Gallery that I was really excited about, and we had talked mm-hmm. about making it like an annual thing. Um, and that was my intention when I started the the show there. Yeah. Um, and so I went back to work for sofa, um, because I told John, you know, like, if you want me to come, I'll, I'd love to come do sales, you know? Uh, okay, so I she went shows back to sofa
0: every year, guys. And that's yeah, like, yeah,
1: that's intense. It's like five days or, and, you know, it's
0: long days. It's like oh it's 12, long days. 14 hour days.
1: Yeah. And you need yeah.
0: extra help around that time.
1: Yeah. And people yeah. that know, know what they're they're talking about and are comfortable talking mm-hmm. about it. Cause I mean, I think starting in the gallery, you know, a piece that's $500, like I don't come from money. I don't come from that, you know? So like selling a $500 piece, let alone a $2,000 piece was very intimidating. Yeah. Um, but by the time I left, like, I remember the first time, like I sold a Pat Flynn and um, you've interviewed Viviana uh, Langhoff. Mm-hmm. So she was my manager yeah, yeah. Uh, at Pistachios at the time. And she- uh, Oh, that's she, right. Yeah, yeah. She came in, like Jan came in and was like, Jessica sold her first Pat Flynn. And Jan was like, double thumbs up, like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. very Fonzie, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah." So I got confident at that point selling mm-hmm. higher end pieces. Um, so by the time Sofa rolled around, you know, and I'm in Kentucky, I was like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll come back. Um So we, she and I had spoken at that point, you know, a couple times about, you know, about me coming back. And I've Mm -hmm. told her again, I'll only come back if it's full time. I'll only do it if it's full time. So at the end of sofa, um, she said, meet with me on Monday before you leave. So I went and met Mm -hmm. with her and we went, um, we, Nordstrom's was right above us, like a Nordstrom kind of like seated area. So we went up and she was like, I'd like you to come back and work for me which I was expecting her to do, which I was expecting to counter offer with only if you make me your manager. And I said that. And she said, hold on. Cause she wanted to ask him, like, I want to make you my manager. And I was like, all right, cool.
0: (laughs) So you guys were both like, wait, I want to be the manager. Yeah. You can come back if you're the manager.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, I walked out of there just like elated. I went back to Kentucky, um, wow. to finish out like my few months. And, and, um, I loved Meg and I, yeah. Meg, if you're listening, I still love you. Don't, don't think I don't. Um, mm-hmm. I loved working for her and I loved working with her. Um, which yeah. was important. Um, so the day that I told her that I was moving back to Chicago, I bawled. Yeah.
0: I just cried
1: because I felt bad it because it's like- a small business, you know? Yeah. And I think coming across an employee that cares, like really cares. And, and that's, I'm, I'm passionate for who I work for you know wherever yeah. and if I if I'm not passionate I probably won't work for you um, yeah so I moved on back to Chicago to manage the gallery
0: nice and that's how I
1: you know went from part-time to manager Heck yeah <laughs> how long were you manager um not very long uh so I came back and I got to do my first curated show which was super awesome like right when I got back Oh, cool. um, as manager yeah jan said i want this artist and then i came to her with a list and i was like i want these people mm-hmm. and so um the first show was called open windows she wanted ashka dimel because she had a new bo- body of work and this is where i brought in heather Gudero and raisa for my very first exhibition at pistachios as curator um mm-hmm. and about a month at, so I moved back in February, uh, 2018 and mm-hmm. she started a 25th anniversary sale in March. I, I don't know what part of March, of uh, 2018 and this yeah. sale didn't end and the work wasn't coming in. So I had moved back to Chicago for this position, you know, which yeah. is scary in itself, you know, from one that you like to another one. And it just all of a sudden became apparent like, I think this place is gonna close. <laughs>
0: like, really? I had known, like, how could you tell just because the sale just kept going? It kept going.
1: No work was coming in, and that was oh, very so unusual. she wasn't like bringing it. Oh, yeah, that's no, a sign. No, there was there was no new work coming, and we were taking things out of drawers and um, that we probably wouldn't have put on the floor originally.
0: She was trying to sell you know, off her inventory. Yeah, you saw it's it. exactly
1: what was happening. And so, and, and I remember a couple of the people that I worked with had kind of casually mentioned it or something, except that I did not want to believe it because I had just moved back from Kentucky. Um, oh,
0: good Lord. Yeah, that's stressful. And,
1: and, and not only was I moving from Kentucky, but I was, I had talked to my boyfriend at the time, which is now my fiance into moving with me.
0: Oh yeah, that's a whole other thing on top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So not like I uprooted him from his jobs to come here, yeah. you know, because we were in love, and um, I wanted him to be with me. So Oof. I, I, um, yeah. So I, I finally got up the courage because I knew that she wanted to retire years prior, but I had signed a two years con- two year contract coming okay. back as manager. So I didn't think that this was going to happen. Oh
0: good for you right getting there. a two-year contract by the way.
1: Yeah so so I nice. thought, you know, all right, I'm moving back, I've got two years and then I can I can worry at year one and I can play the application game if I, if I have to. Yeah. And honestly, coming back, I knew that she had wanted to retire, so I was going to approach her at year one, saying, hey, I want to be vetted in like I want to be I want to take the sober you know yeah so I went back oh. with the intention all right, I think that I'm going to approach her if she's, if she really is truly ready to retire, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it. Um, but so I did, I think it was like um, probably April. So again, I started back in February as manager and then April <laughs> <three> months. <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, I finally got up the courage and I said, uh, I, uh, I think that you are wanting to close this place. Uh, I want it. And she said, all right, let's meet at my house on Friday. (laughs) Oh
0: my God. How did you approach her? Did you approach her like in the break room? Did you send an email? Like, how do you even? No. Good for you, man.
1: Pistachios is really small and our break time (laughs) was only 30 minutes and Jan would come in from about one-ish to 6 p.m. ish or something mm-hmm. so people could go on break she could do things but you know we had a little freedom and she trusted me you know I, was, I, I yeah. did it she trusted her staff uh, my team members you know like they had been there for a while and mm-hmm. we all worked phenomenally together um so when they went on break uh, and there were no customers in there I just was Kind of chatting about what was going on, and then I just was like, "Okay, uh, Slipped I in. want this." <laughs> and so then we met on we met, you know, that was probably like maybe like a Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't know. And then we met on Friday, my day off. She's like, what's your day off Friday?" Okay, cool, I'll come over. Um, huh. and we talked logistics, and um, I that I think that May is when it you know because it must have been the the end of April because May is when it got real. Yeah. you know like i had a very small amount of window because i knew that i had to take over at a certain time because if you go past christmas what's the point of taking a gallery over in january guys like <laughs> that's just you're not gonna yeah. it's, it's just gonna be real bad timing so we knew that we needed to make it super quick and i hope i'm not telling this in a super long way but yeah um I brought my fam my, my mom and my dad up to meet her, you know, to, to get their mm-hmm. opinions and, and see what they think and see the they'd never seen the gallery. So to see That's the gallery good. bring in the family I had, yes. Yeah. I had to comb the POS system. I, I went back I backdated ten years, month to month, to see to See like what the profit was? See where the numbers are. Like how is you know, how mm-hmm. did this place do? Um our POS system is Twenty-three ish years old, you know, like twenty-four oh, years old. So we've got records, you know. So I can go back and I can look. I can see what Sofa did. I can see what the gallery's done. I can see how January went versus a December versus a March, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I come ten years back, and then um, I started contacting artists hard, you know, because I wanted. Can I interject the for just a second? Stuck- yeah, go for it. How did you even? I mean, is there anybody you
0: reached out to say, I'm thinking about taking this, what should I do? And they're like, oh, you should look back 10 years and see about profits. Or did you just like, your gut was like, this is what you do. I don't know.
1: My father, my father growing up, he had a fencing business. Um, Oh,
0: your dad's a business owner. Awesome.
1: And he, uh, yeah, in in a grocery store at one point that that one didn't go well, the, the, the fencing business and, and i was so young that he either got scouted or was ready to sell it off or whatever but so he mm-hmm. had owned a business at a, at a certain point that i could kind of go to him and be like hey um your thoughts you know <laughs> yeah and like how do you check this out to see if it's like a viable and he's like you you need thing. to look at it and see what has happened you know get and i think yeah. i even probably like googled things you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah no that's <laughs> this I
1: is the content no I'm, after. I'm doing <laughs> Please be as honest as possible. Yeah. I think no, I like, you know, you're... like even like thought about getting a book of like, how do you make a business plan? And no, what...
0: t- uh, starting a business for idiots, like idiots guide to running a business. Yeah, pretty much. No, like, like I think I
1: did. I think I, I, I think I researched it. I, you know, was like, what does this terminology mean? I think I still occasionally look at it or will I like, contact my accountant and be like, oh, yeah. I don't know what this means. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> that's um, fair how yeah because I didn't go to business school like I went to art school they don't teach you how to, how to run a business yeah <laughs>
0: Oh, you mean that one professional development class you get one semester your last year doesn't prepare you for this? I am sure My professional I'm development so class
1: was here. Yeah. No, even in that one, I didn't. My <laughs> professor for that one, he talked about how he got to where he was. is good for him. He made it. Like, that doesn't help me.
0: How do I do it? <laughs> but taxes, I'm not a printmaker. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. exactly. Okay. So you... So you comb it back and your dad's kind of giving you some tips and you're Googling. Mm -hmm. I love this. Yes. Yeah. And then like, how do you go about buying out somebody when you probably did not have the money saved? I'm going to assume you didn't have the money saved, but that's not nice. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> that's no, that's okay. Um, I mean, you're hustling between multiple jobs. So I'm assuming.
1: you. Like- yeah, I actually am. Uh, I'm a person. I'm really, really good at saving money. That is one oh, thing I have you. done since I was a child. Like when my grandfather would come, he'd always give us $20 and I would store it. My sister would nice. spend it, you know, mm-hmm. um, i probably also at that age was a very good sales and good at hustling and probably was able to get my mom to buy the candy I wanted instead of me spending it. But, um, yeah. They always said you were a good salesperson. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I had saved a little bit of money, and when I say a little bit, in the grand at the time, that was a massive amount of money to me in the grand scheme of life and business. Not mm-hmm. enough money. Um, yeah. It was enough to be able to get a further loan.
0: Oh, okay. So you applied for a loan to buy the business.
1: Well, we we have a a, a contract. Um, Jan and I do that. I, I'm not going to get into the contract. Um, mm-hmm. Fair enough. But so I I didn't have to buy it out in full. Okay. Um, it's like rent you know. to own. Ish. Ish. Okay. Cause it's, like it's mine, you know, the paperwork, it's all mine on, you know, um, but I am, she's my partner still in that I will give yeah. her profit, you know? So when there's yeah. profit to be made, um, you split it, she gets, she's like an yeah. investor
0: but she was there first.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I bought it for a very small margin. Um, yeah. but then have an ongoing contract. Um, okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's such a unique situation. Because she wants I mean, to retire, you know, like it's yeah. either the business closes and and she's worked so hard, you know, to to yeah. build this place up and for somebody to come in that actually knows this field. Um I think that she felt like she was in good hands. Uh, I think That's that she maybe had a Yeah, I think she had somebody at one point. I know she she did have somebody at one point that I think was ready, but it wasn't the good it wasn't a good fit um for them. Um, yeah, so I think I, you know, and that's how I knew that it was time for her to retire, you know,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. ready to go. Like, um, and, and for me, it was Sarah, like to see these businesses close, especially in our field is heartbreaking. Like when you see another jewelry gallery, like every single Mm -hmm. time you see it, I think that like, I really get emotional for the business, even before I took over. Um, yeah. and so to think that this place, cause pistachios really did impact me, even though it was a pretty woman moment on the first encounter, it was also that fir- very first gallery that yeah. I had ever come into contact with and was like, holy moly, this is what it looks like in person, not on a page, not on the internet, yeah. but like, this is what it is, um, and we said so this earlier. It's like,
0: there's not that many. It's like when Velvet yeah. Da Vinci closed in the United States, we oh, all were like, oh, hard. Like, that one was punched. hard. so hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's not so a lot a of I places like this. And I wasn't going to let that happen. Um, yeah. Because Snack had, had already said that they were coming to Chicago. And I was like, that would just be atrocious to come to Chicago and pistachios not be here.
0: Yeah. The art jewelry that, gallery like closed. Oh yeah like
1: that so i knew they were coming um i was on one of the boards and i was like i be damned if i'm on this board saying come to chicago and do this art and this staple that has filtered so many great artists through it whether they be employed or just have their work involved you know yeah and close like
0: yeah because artists need these places you know we need these spaces bases to sell our work to advocate for us. So they're really important. Okay. So topic at hand. Well, I mean, you are the topic, but there's a bigger topic here that we're going to yeah. talk about cuz when you reached out, well, first of all, thank you for um donating to the podcast and supporting us. Yeah. Um and when I asked you, I was like, "Okay, well, what do you want the promotion to be? The copy to be like do you just give me a description of the podcast or for the, or the gallery or I can write it or et cetera. And you're like, Oh, well, actually we're in the process of trying to get this grant. And if you could mention it, that'd be really cool. And blah, blah, blah. Um, And then when you gave me more insight, I was like, Oh, we should just do a full interview about this because (laughs) um, I want to help you. Uh, I want this space to thrive. Um, I and yeah. I think it's important. Um, also, how was COVID for you? Because I feel like I know that the galleries got damaged during the social justice um protest, racial yeah, justice co- protests, yeah, things like that. Talk COVID
1: COVID was rough. We had to be closed for three months, a full full three months. Um, I had yeah. just gone to a luxury of my job is that I, because I'm the buyer as well, I get to travel to mm-hmm. shows and it sounds very wonderful. Um, but you know, I only give myself maybe a day off when I'm yeah. going to these shows. Um, if, if I'm lucky to get a full day, uh, cause I go to the shows all day, then I comb books at night. So I had just gone to Germany and Greece,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to go to a couple different shows where we see artists, um, that we've carried for over the years to see their new body of work. And, and, um, usually the hotels in Germany, they don't have English speaking. Uh, So that last night that Mm -hmm. we were there, English was on the news and Mm. it was all about COVID and Italy. And so going back to Chicago, I knew that COVID was way more serious than, (laughs) than everyone was trying to make it seem, you know? Yeah. Um, And that, you know, I knew we weren't going to be closed down for the four or five two weeks that they said so we put brown paper up on our on our um, windows right away mm-hmm. um because i was like this is going to end badly uh i, I think I, I told isabella my, my manager my now manager uh i said the burning in a Luton" song by um bob marley uh i was yeah. like this this is going to be this is gonna, how it's going to end and um we put the brown paper up so nobody could see in uh yeah. so when the george floyd protests and all that stuff happened. We still had our because brown paper up. the murder of George so, Floyd. Yeah. And we... Yep. I was... I had the brown paper up. I'm setting the gallery up. And all of a sudden, I can hear this commotion outside. Um, and because we had the brown paper up, we looked like we were closed because so many businesses had already started closing. This was in June mm-hmm. of 2020 um, at this point. And so I could hear banging and the streets were filled and it was, it was crazy. So I slept, I, I got a hotel room across the street and I watched gallery all night. Um, yeah. but we didn't get broken into, um, oh, whereas okay. so many businesses did. Uh, I think again, yeah. cause we were so lucky that it was closed. Um, fast forward to August, 2020, we'd been open mid June to August 8th. We were closed on Sundays cause it was so slow at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, someone, uh, A man had been shot in Inglewood uh, And they made it A rumor came out that a 15 year old Black male had been shot by a cop um, And so It was a rumor, it wasn't true? No, I mean a, it sounds a like man, a, I
0: mean, it definitely could be true
1: Yeah, well a black man did get shot um, He, he yeah. wasn't Killed, but they said that a 15 year old uh, Black man had gotten shot and killed And so I remember turning the news off at about 10pm that night And then at uh, the next morning, I woke up to a text from Nora McCarthy from Gallery Twenty Fifty Two. Let me know we had been broken into. So between ten and about twelve to one a.m., they mm-hmm. flooded downtown and went crazy For protesting and yeah, yeah. Um, and so then they broke into our gallery um, with a it was a little bit bigger than a bowling ball a uh, cinder block yeah. that like decoration that they had out in the courtyard uh, threw that in and and got into our gallery. So our gallery was open to people (laughs) widely open to people from about 1am to, I think we got there at maybe 7am, 7, 7.30.
0: I want to interject here and just say something because it's hard because I, as a small business owner, I empathize with you and I'm like, that's really hard. And then at the same time with the protests, I have agreed with actions people have taken like this because it's it's not, it's one of those things where it's like, what is it going to take? People keep getting yeah. murdered. And I know so many people are like, rooting or looting and rioting aren't going to solve anything. And I was like, what is? Because people are still getting murdered. You're not listening yeah. to words. You're not paying attention. Um, And so it's it's difficult to like, be on the microphone with you right now. And like, hear you saying that. And I know that that was like a very hard experience for you and sucks and expensive and scary. And at the same time, I would have been in the streets being like, yeah, burn it down because another life has been taken, you know, I just
1: wanted to
0: acknowledge both sides there.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm happy they didn't burn it down because I would have been heartbroken for my artists. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Me, right? Whatever. It was it, for me. It was all about the artists, you know, like at yeah. that stage. Because well, because protesters yeah, no, are looking understand. at pistachio and being like, "Yeah, yes, I think I'm going to burn
0: down Target because it's a corporation <laughs> and they fucking suck."
1: Oh, they this were is under a Nordstrom small so. business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Oh, <laughs> it pistachios. wasn't us that they were after." They represent an independent artist, guys. Don't touch this one. You know, it's like it's not. No, and honestly, time, I like really do think because that. we were a small business, and and maybe they recognized it, or maybe it's that they didn't understand our product. That yeah, we got Did they sport. not steal Lucky, things.
0: Protesters. Oh, they sold,
1: but they stayed in the in the front half of the gallery. Um, and they, and yeah. we had our alarm system when it went off, finally, like the, the heavy part of it going a lot off, like off, got it like everybody left, but they yeah. also don't really understand the value of these pieces. Like we had a full right. exhibition wall up of really amazing work. And somebody picked, you know, picked up a really expensive piece and dropped it to pick up like some stud earrings or something, which was just, it blew my mind. And I remember thinking yeah. like, cause like Nikki Coupe's work was on the wall, like Donald Friedlich's work. Was on the wall. They left it alone. Yeah, like they stayed well, in the front half of the gallery, <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. you know, that uneducated
0: I, audience is finally paying off, y'all. <laughs> Sorry,
1: it, it, it's not funny. We actually had one guy, you know, watching the videos. But like the, he comes in with a, a Nordstrom shopping bag. He looks around, and then he leaves. <laughs> yeah, He's, I mean, our
0: jewelry's is not for everybody. Fair they enough. They took
1: all our uh, they took all our rings because that that. Right, that was yeah. a value that they saw. Um, mm-hmm. Were those silver, silver rings? Uh, so they wiped that out. They, they took stuff. But you know, I, I really try to look at it on the bright side. You know, we could have been annihilated. You know, and and I, yeah. I could have gotten a hold of every single one of my artists, saying, "Hey, I'm really sorry, this yeah. happened," but I only had to get a hold of a handful. Um, on the bright and, side, and then mm-hmm. on people that were, you know, maybe wholesale that that was a hit on me, but. Yeah. Oh, right, you know, right. Right.
0: Cause you do wholesale and you do consignment.
1: Yeah. So like a lot of our foreign artists are consignment or wholesale. And then um, Americans tend to be a little bit more in the, the consignment side because we have that. And then you were fully like, insured. Okay. Y'all insurance doesn't work the way that you think it does.
0: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, fun to hear. We
1: were, No, we were insured, but insurance pages in that book is like this, this it's, it's pages. Right. And it's a Mm -hmm. jargon that as as a new business owner, I don't know. And I love Larry, my insurance guy. He's great. But there are these different clauses after hours are totally different than if somebody had come in and robbed me blind during hours. Um, I think it's Mm. like almost all covered, but after hours out of safe, um, is, is not as covered but you know i'm all right you know like i was yeah. i paid my artists you know um everybody's good, you. good. you know we were we able to get some of our damage covered, most of our damage covered you know no one um, was hurt Holla. no one was hurt you got yeah i mean we could have been yeah. there um so i i really am looking at this one as like a glass half full um, instead of yeah. like the the day of it was definitely not a glass half full i cried i am you know i was in panic yeah. mode because uh, i'm like oh cancel that like they've got our phone and that's on it and they've got this yeah. you know like so yeah it happened glass half full. i hope it doesn't happen again Yeah, We were prepared when we reopened, you know, like it took us, we were closed for an additional three months. So out of 2020, we were closed for six months, which is crazy.
0: Okay. So talk to me about what it is. So you closed that location. You made the decision to leave that location. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we reopened in December, 2020, closed uh, January 27th or 23rd. 2021.
0: Did that just align with the end of the lease and you were like, this is expensive. Let's leave this space.
1: Yeah. We want to consolidate expensive. So I was fully ready to go into signing a new lease and, um, right, you know, in the beginning of August, I was ready. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to counter offer with this and, and see what we can do. Cause we didn't get, um, any kind of rent relief or anything like that. Um, during the, the time we had to be closed for pandemic. They were very fortunate yeah. enough to give us like two months that we could not pay on time without a penalty. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Thanks. Yeah, but which just backdates it and you just owe more money. So you might as well just pay your rent, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, our lease ended. And, and so it was a really hard decision because being in a location for 24 years, people know where you are, but there's no tourism, yeah. right? It's completely halted. Um, the The downtown has shifted and crime is now up in downtown so people don't feel as comfortable coming down um so it's it's like a ghost town i mean like i remember when i went and visited home in kentucky to to my family for the first time being like it's busier in lexington kentucky than it is in downtown chicago right now um that's why so it was it was weird yeah so we we closed and and i'm like all right if if we renew the lease. We're gonna close permanently. Like the, this hard work that I've done for two and a half, three years now is done. Is is pointless? You know this. Mm-hmm. This learning, the heartache, the ups and the downs. Because owning a small business, y'all, is hard. Every month is 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 you're struggling for about 27 days and then almost happy for three, maybe, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you hit that break even. You're like, Ooh, I can breathe today uh, for two days. And then the month starts over. But anyway, um, so we decide to close. We're going to look for a new location. We're going to get this, this new world that we're, that we're embracing, right. A, a chance to figure out, f- figure itself out. And then we can do yeah. versus you're adapting. Closing. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're online only. It was it was a very hard decision. It's hard, you know, because I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm getting calls almost every day, if not every day. Are you on Grand Avenue? I was like, no. Because <laughs> they're like, we can't find you. It's because we're not there. <laughs> yeah. I'll come to you. Let me come to you, please. <laughs> yeah. I have all,
0: where is the jewelry? Is it in your closet? Like, where is it at?
1: <laughs> so um, I, I brought a case, uh, a home um, from the gallery mm-hmm. and I put it in my living room. So then that way I can still display it. So we have our first uh, online exhibition built to last, which is a sustainable jewelry. Um, and uh, I have all their work beautifully displayed in this case. Uh, I don't have yeah. my address given out. I, I think only my family and my best friend know where I live. Um, I have a safe mm-hmm. here. Um, and then I, got a really nice drawer system so i upgraded my apartment to feel more showroom-ish, uh, showroom-ish? Mm-hmm. Is that? yeah that's a word that's a thing. <laughs> Just roll yeah. with it it's but fine. so we have a drawer system labeled alphabetically um mm-hmm. with each artist alphabetically in it um nice. and then yeah so then that way it's still easily accessible i know where it is um and yeah. then anything that should be in a safe is in a safe you know my, okay. my yeah. yeah and then I got like nice lighting in there and yeah so it's it's still displayed so if we need to like I've, I've got a space where we can do the zoom calls I've got a space where we can show the work off and and a, and a yeah. place to store it safely
0: and then your manager does she come over to your apartment and work with you or are you guys just working remotely right now
1: yeah so she she came over a handful of times we we both now are vaccinated so i just got my second one on wednesday and i think she got her second one on friday um yeah so we would there for a while we would maybe work together once every like couple weeks you know Mm -hmm. uh, double masked in the living room one end um even though we had worked together at the gallery but we still you know it's at this point like oh you should be double masking so um we we play it safe and and our both of our bubbles are super small um yeah so she would come over and then when I go out of town um I I live with my fiance so if I have a package coming or anything he's here and if he's not here on the days that he goes to work um she'll come over um and then work out of my apartment so she has a key uh and then also Mm -hmm. double fold uh my puppy loves her so she, <laughs> That's important. she gets That's to an important hang out with my puppy, yeah, and let my puppy out, hang out a little bit, um, and they get to to keep each other company. And, and Emmy doesn't have to, you know, stay in a crate for eight hours.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Fringe benefits. Yeah, definitely. So, Jessica, tell listeners. Okay, so yeah. you had to close down your location on Grand. You are online only. You're still moving forward with exhibitions. You're still making things happen. Um, tell listeners about what's going on. Tell them about this grant.
1: Yeah. So, um, my, my best friend here in the city, um, I got a, I got a contact or an email or a text from her and she said, Hey, this guy is started, um, this guy I know that has started a a small business grant that's been affected by, uh, if you've been affected by COVID, if your business is actually closed, can I give him your number? And so please, you know, yes. So I would love that. And, um, so we jumped on a call probably like 8 PM or something in the middle of the week. And he told me all about this grant. Um, so it's a COVID rescue fund, um, that he started. So he had two businesses that they also had to close due to the pandemic. So he, set out to make sure that he was going to help people that were also impacted and, and affected. And he started the COVID rescue fund. He's not funding himself, but wants to see other businesses funded. Um, wow. Is he based yeah, in so Chicago? No, he's in Michigan, um, okay. which is where she, yeah, she's from. So he he reached out and he was like, we're looking for the small businesses that have closed. Can you tell me about yourself? Tell me your story. And I'm like, well, we closed because of COVID. Closed because mm-hmm. of you know the looting and the, tr- the foot traffic just never came back in chicago um so it was he wanted to set it up for businesses that were serious about reopening and i'm like well, yeah we are like yeah. we are looking at a space on monday you know <laughs> like yeah um because we are we're actively looking um and so he was like all right get me a blurb get me a video together um and then we'd love to promote you. You guys, you know, sound like mm. you have a pretty good story. Like we, we, we really, you know, want to help. So yeah. we got everything up. Um, and, uh, I think they put it on their like main page. We've sent out emails. We've put out an Instagram vote or uh, uh, post recently about it. We tried to like hone in really on May, uh, and make sure mm-hmm. that we had everything nicely tightly wound when we, kind of announced that we need a little help with this one. It's not, yeah. it's, it, it started with voting. Um, then it, 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 got restructured a little bit. Um, so we, so we the premise out, of it hey. is
0: I'm, Oh, sorry. You go. Good. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Cause I'm kind of confused. Um, okay. okay. So guy in Michigan owned two businesses mm-hmm. Yep. They were affected by COVID. So he's starting this nonprofit grant thing. And mm-hmm. it's based on cause I've been, a, I've seen other non like small businesses where it's like a voting kind of thing where like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, vote for us and we can get this grant if we get enough votes, blah blah blah, 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 but you just referenced the month. So is it like he has different grants set up for different months?
1: So he, he, that's how they, uh, I think, originally structured it. So they said, whoever oh, okay. gets the most votes in one month, that will be Wins. who gets the grant per month. You know, we want to get mm. dozens and dozens of people to, to apply. Or they did get dozens and dozens of people to apply. But they want to give like one out a month until like they would be able to have all the funding done or whatever. Um, oh. And so we put out this blast. And I'm going to say thank you to every single person who went out and voted um thank you yeah big huge thank you because this uh has already gotten us a placement of one of three people that they're focusing on getting the grant to okay Um, that's it because we we were
0: hustling to get this interview done in may because our initial thought was yeah oh i'll publish the episode in the middle of may and then that's two weeks where people can still vote so you could be the winner of may
1: Yeah, which we were going to crush it. He said we were up there that we got so many votes every day that they were pouring in. And because of, of the voting that everybody went out and did, and he said because of that outpouring of love from, you know, he said clients, but I'm also going to give the big shout out to our jewelry and metalsmithing family field, because I think Ooh, that I you all are probably, I think that that's mm-hmm. really where the love came from. I mean, I think that our clients Aww. probably definitely did, but I think that our family really came together on this one, um, yeah. which just was thank you to everybody because it did. It, it placed us and to be one of three people that they're focusing on out of all the, the different people uh, okay. that applied for it. So, um, we will hopefully get a grant. They've now restructured it to donation based. Um, so we're supposed to do a little donation hustle, uh, and they're okay. going to do a massive donation hustle. Um, I, I think I jumped okay. at the beginning of this right. Like I hate asking for donations. Um, mm, the donating yeah. for money's weird. <laughs> yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it is. And, um, <laughs> It's rough, right? So right now it's going to be on how much is donated on a need need basis. So you can get on the COVID Rescue Fund and directly donate to pistachios. They're also going to be contacting sponsors and donors, and then they can either put the money in a fund you know, the, the, the yeah. main fund for the three different businesses, the, the three main small businesses. I'm going to make sure that I really emphasize we're all small businesses that are getting this yeah. grant. Um, and then they can say, Hey, like pistachios needs this money. Um, um, yoga studio really needs this money, like whoever, you know, and then, um, yeah. they can, they can kind of allocate those funds for us or those donors can say, like if they watch the video, like we think pistachios is just awesome those two girls are charming you know (laughs)
0: they're nice looking give them money
1: can I ask a question because I'm a little confused
0: yeah Yeah. um what does the guy that organized all this give like what's the grant actually like what's the amount of money
1: so it was supposed to be uh upwards upwards of a hundred thousand dollars that is already secured Um, So right now they're the ones that are contacting founders and and getting that massive outpour. So now Mm -hmm. it comes down to if somebody donates, like I said, the minimum is $3. If somebody donates $3 versus $100 towards pistachios or whatever the, the number they put in, it goes directly to us. So we will automatically get whatever is donated.
0: And then on top of this like baseline grant that he's able to cultivate.
1: Yeah. So it's not a if we get more than that, which he said if your your people can bring out more than a hundred thousand, I'm not expecting that. I would honestly be happy with anything because this is really gonna impact us on opening. Um Mm -hmm. You know, or reopening, not just opening, but getting that physical brick and mortar back, which is, you know, you guys know yeah, our field it's is super tactile. It's expensive. It's yeah. tactile. People want to try it on. They want to see it. Um, so they're securing a certain amount, hopefully, right? They've mm-hmm. got to get the people to want to give the money as well. Um, and then those people can either directly say, we want pistachios to have it, or they have like a a, a pot, right? That they're, they're putting it in. Got it. And then they can throw it in that pot. And then they say, here, we're going to divide it, you know, on a need basis. So our overhead's pretty high. They know that, you know. Um, So
0: this guy is like the organizer created this COVID relief. And then to figure out what businesses we're going to focus on, because so many people need help. There's this initial Mm -hmm. like video voting thing that went down. And you are one of the top businesses that are going to be focused on. And now he's working and hustling to get organizations to donate. And those voters and the general public can also donate. And this is all going to come together. And you're going to get a sum at some point. I hope. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, you are. I hope it's going to happen. So, uh,
1: yeah. We just need to get a, a, a few donations. And again, I hate asking. So if, I think even like those $3 <laughs> donations from people or the $10, you know, whatever shows oh, it adds up. those, those people, uh, you know, the, the group of people at the COVID rescue fund, I think that that all shows them how much we really do care. And, you know, we've shown them yeah. that we care by the voting. Um, so even a you know, the minimum of $3, uh, $10, whatever, you know, anybody could give, I, I would be super fortunate. And if yeah. the vote is all you can give, I, again, I'm super fortunate, like, because you guys have gotten me to the next step. So, yeah. um, if if there is a $3 or $10 or 15 whatever, you know, go on yeah. to COVIDrescuefund.org. You can watch our video on there. You can vote directly to us in the drop down bar. Um, or you can go follow us at pistachios jewelry on Instagram and just like some of our posts and, and, and let our artists know that you love their work, you know? (laughs) Yeah. There's, I mean,
0: whenever (laughs) I ask, I mean, Jessica, yes. I, the irony is that I created a podcast so I could talk about money and then it's the most. Awkward thing in the world is asking for oh, money. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> and I'm still not good at it. And even when I think about my own Patreon or something like that, it's like just signing up to donate $1 a month makes a huge difference because it all adds up. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. I, yeah, I used to think that about serving. Like, if you just give your server one extra dollar, think about if everybody gives their server one extra mm-hmm. dollar, they'd have an even yeah. better day. Yeah, It's the same even, with this. An <laughs> even better day. And so we're going to have the links
0: in the description of the podcast and on um, the website. And then, of course, you know, on our social media, we're all going to be pushing for this and letting people know where they can donate. Um, there's a lot of things that need support right now and oh, we understand so that and so that makes it a little awkward too but it's like yeah who cares man <laughs> this is just another yeah one of i mean
1: it's in, definitely hard ask we've all been impacted this year you know and and yeah. for me it's not it's not just about us uh, in case anybody you know you did catch it at the beginning right like i went to school for jewelry and metal something i don't make work anymore because for me it is all about my artists um that is part of stepping into the gallery role is that and that's what this gallery is to me like my artists are going to get paid before I do Mm um my employees are going to get paid before I do um I I just really want to get their work back out there and back in the city um because yeah. it's, it's just really important to me because we have so many good artists and, and I adore each and every one of them. And I get so excited when I get to send out a check. Like it's just makes me so happy, especially yeah. if it's like one of their bigger pieces. I'm like, oh my God, I, I want to tell them the day that it sells, but in case somebody changes their mind, I can't. And I, and for 15 days and then I'm like, oh I sold that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Super well, it's important excited.
0: that these spaces don't go away and... um. We need the arts, we need culture, we need music ven- venues to make it through this, and we need contemporary art galleries to stay open so they can stock the work of many artists who are looking to them to sell their work for them and help them. So it's important. It's it's like the food chain, guys, except yeah, for right? art.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, because we're, we're still trying to do the online hustle, but like I was saying, it's... Mm-hmm. I'm sure Philadelphia is the same way as Chicago right now. We're itching. I'm sure everywhere is We're yeah. itching to get out. We're, we're wanting to, and I want when everybody can feel confident and comfortable that we can be there for them. Um, because it's important. It's important to Isabel and I that we, we open to we're artists. We yeah. love, we love working with people um, being in our field and, and um, we just really want to get back out there.
0: <laughs> yeah those physical spaces are important ah Jessica it has Sarah. been <laughs> such a wonderful thing to get to catch up with you um yeah. on the podcast I mean really this was great because I just hadn't gotten to talk to you in so long so really this is I like know. two for one here I um, know, hey, hey. <laughs> but I just gotta say like good on you you're doing great What a wild time to be in the first years of running a business. Um, Oh,
1: craziest, right? You know what? Time to take over. You can make it through this.
0: You can make it through anything. Don't worry about
1: it. Ooh, I hope (laughs) so. Getting baptized by fire over there. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and still liking it is, you know, it's been a tough year, but as long as we can come out on top eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, like it'll. We'll get there, right? All of Yeah, still liking us, it everybody. even through all this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it says that you made the right choice in buying it. If you're still, don't get me this wrong.
1: Experience. <laughs> there are some days that I have not, and I just hands up. I'm, you know, but yeah. it's again, it's not about me. um And that's yeah, yeah. Not about. It's me. cool that you've
0: like found <laughs> your place. You found your calling, girl. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know. I think what I would do after this, Um, I hope that another. If I had to close tomorrow, I would hope that another jewelry place would be like, man, she's kick ass. Bring her.
0: Will you be my manager? (laughs) (laughs) Will you be my manager? No, no, but I mean, go back from owner to manager.
1: No, I can't. No, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go back. Period. I think that let's make you know. I want to make sure that we're thriving again because we had come off the best year that we had had, and I want to make sure that we get back there. And um, yeah, get that money back to my artists. You know, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Hear that, y'all? Okay, listeners. So three dollars, three dollars. Skip the latte and donate to pistachios, especially pistachios. all the yeah. jewelers listening out there. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Again, it's COVID well, Rescue Fund. Sarah. Will put oh it yeah. In your, Say it again. Phone COVID phone. Rescue Fund. dot mm-hmm. org. Yeah. dot .org. org. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and if you ever want to just check out. Our artists and their amazing work we're at uh, pistachios onlinecom so <laughs> okay
0: which will yeah. all be in the description of the podcast too I'm gonna put you
1: yeah. all over the internet thank you
0: all right everyone well this has been another episode of perceived value broaching the subject of value with artists and gallerists and anybody else trying to make a paycheck off of their creativity until next time Perceived Value is recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. If you love the podcast and you want to show your support, become our patron. Visit patreon.com slash perceived value to learn more. Or check out our website at proceedvaluepodcast.com and click on the support page. As always, thank you for listening.